Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the keeper of the peace, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross and Randy Jowers. Guys, tonight is episode six, titled Digs, Kills, Blocks, and Sitting on Top. In a few minutes, we're going to bring on UK women's volleyball star, Ajani Teeler. Uh, she'll be joining us to talk everything University of Kentucky women's volleyball and more. So, guys, you know, before we get started, as always, talk to me about the weekend. Jim, my man, how was it? So it was another weekend on the soccer field, and I know you could care less about soccer. So I'm going to tell you about what you do care about. My girl Taylor, she got four penalties. No yellow cards, but four penalties for laying girls out. So I know you're proud of her because you tell me you at least want a yellow card every weekend. She she should have got one. I told you, I don't even know her if she don't get a yellow card every game. Man, every, all hey, all four of them, she depleted them. Is that good enough for you? That's all right. That's a start. All right. So, yeah, and, and we had another tie, Daniel. So just, just breathe, all right? No <laughs> yellow card and a tie. Uh, <sighs> but, nevertheless, good weekend of soccer. LSU won on Saturday. We'll get into that later. And then, of course, you know, Taysom Hill made me sweat on Sunday and the, the Saints got a victory. And and then I got to watch my wife decorate the whole house with Christmas stuff. So that's pretty much sealed the deal. Randy, please tell me your your weekend was more eventful than non-yellow cards and ties. I'm going to tell you, DB, we don't believe in ties over here in the Jowers household. There were no ties to be had. So, you know, year 20. We had to work the Tigers game. And uh, I got to throw out a public apology to the Memphis Tigers for saying they would not cover the spread as DB. So uh, he pointed out so vehemently that he, he screenshotted it and sent it back to me. So, um, guys, I'm sorry. Brady White, sorry. Uh, I doubted you. And then Sunday I watched my Colts get a huge victory over the Packers. Thought the refs were trying to take it from me. We'll save that for later. But uh, – Philip Rivers, I'm not sorry. You still are not my favorite, but good win. For me, guys, I'm not going to save it for later. The Cowboys did pick up a, a much-needed victory, and they beat a, a decent team that's been playing somewhat well, uh, the Vikings. And they are all, – all the teams in their division have three wins. And it's it's – a fight right now, a pillow fight, nonetheless, but it is a fight of that division. So <laughs> all three of our teams are in first place. Yours just looks different. That's right. That's right. So I'm excited to actually talk later, you know, and when we get to NFL about my team and their victory. But other than that, you know, just hanging out, uh, got some things, you know, planned for the holiday, trying to get the house situated for Christmas, you know, my wife is uh, in the holiday decorating competition in our neighborhood, so I got to get the house on point. So other than that, just kind of chilling out, relaxing, and, and getting ready to stuff my face on Thursday. So, um, But, guys, enough of us chit-chatting and, and mumbling about nothing. Let's get to the biggest interview and podcasting this week. Miss Ajani Teeler from Kentucky women's basketball or volleyball, excuse me. Uh, we've had so many, you know, so many players and your height sticks out to me. So it just makes me think that you're automatically a basketball player. But, you know, I, if I had to guess as you were growing up, basketball was something that people probably pushed you to, but 
you know, take me to when you were growing up. What, where are you from? What was it like? What were the dynamics like in the house? Talk to us. So I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas. It's pretty much Dallas. If someone in Lexington asks me where I'm from, I'm going to say Dallas. I um, now live in Arlington, which is where the Cowboy Stadium is. So I'm also glad they got that big win. We're going to win the Super Bowl with a 6-10 and 10 record, I'm sure of it. <laughs> See, How 2020 is it? Y'all know what? We, y'all can go ahead and take a break. This is going to be the best episode yet. Um, <laughs> finally, somebody who sees things, sees things my way. Yeah. Go Cowboys. For That's sure. right. That's um, right. So growing up, I played every sport, soccer at one point. I ran track. I played basketball, volleyball. I even did tennis at one point. My parents are really upset they didn't keep me in tennis. They think I could have been the next Serena. But um, – yeah, the only sport I didn't play growing up was softball, and I'm c- kind of bummed I didn't. I think that's one sport I could have been really good at. But ultimately, I ended up sticking with track and volleyball at the end, and now I'm playing volleyball in college. So. Could you imagine her coming to the plate, Randy, and you're the pitcher, and, like, she's just towering over everybody? Man, like that. I got to give her some chin music. I can't have that. She's intimidating <laughs> me. Brush you back a little bit. I got to brush her back. I don't want her extending in my hands. <laughs> and if we're going to go there in basketball, me and Randy both would have fouled her before we let her score on us. <laughs> I ain't getting, hey, Ajani, I'm not getting dunked on. Oh, God. oh, I don't, I think I can. No, 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 I would run out of the way. I wouldn't. Oh, got it, got it, got and it. You can dunk, but this ain't going to be on me. <laughs> that's, that's his motto. I refuse to be a poster. That's never. It's a good motto to live by. So we, you know, we've mentioned height a couple times now early. Like, have you always been tall? Is, is height something that runs in your family? And how tall are you? I'm, if someone asked me, I'd say I was like 5'10", which is pretty tall, like taller than average. But on my team, I'm just not very tall. Like, I have teammates that are 6'4", 6'3", 6'2". So that's volleyball it's different basketball i'm definitely pretty tall and my dad's like six one and a half my mom's like five five so i'm definitely not getting my height too much from them but i'm pretty decent sized so what was it like growing up you live with mom dad any brothers or sisters i have a 12 year old brother he's playing football right now and then i have a older sister she's not athletic at all she goes to wichita state she lives in wichita so that's where she is not athletic in the slightest. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So, but you you said your younger brother is athletic, correct? Yeah. So do you just give him the business just? Oh, all the time, all the time, no matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter what we're playing. Just so competitive all the time. He thinks he's faster than me. He thinks he's everything. I just have to let him know every time I go home that he's will always be second most athletic in the house. So when, when he signs big time to play college somewhere and we have him on this show, we're going to point back to you and be like, it was because your sister just owned you as a kid. Like you had no choice but to get better. I'm going to be taking full responsibility when he's signing to play somewhere for sure. Nice, nice. So was there any push to be a volleyball player from anybody in the family or were they just open to you playing whatever? So – pretty much open to me playing whatever I wanted as long as I like went to school for it but all of my family like on my mom's side was like basketball track so that's like the sports that get a lot of attention but 
I think my mom and dad just wanted me to do what I wanted to do, what I loved, and I think it's turned out pretty well so far. So, so are are they, you know, athletes? Were they athletes growing up? Is athleticism dad, a, yeah, a big part of your played, family? For sure, for sure. My dad played football in high school. He won a couple state championships. And then my mom played basketball. She played volleyball. She ran track. She's – there's a lot of arguments in the house about where I get my athletic ability from <laughs> happens quite often. Uh, I never get into it, but, um, yeah, athletics are definitely a big part of my family. All right. So you, you don't get into it, but I'm going to ask you right here, <laughs> right now, who's the most athletic person in your family? We know it ain't your sister. I mean, including myself, <laughs> including yourself. It's me by far, not close. All right. Don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> that's, that's the high road because you know you're not going to disappoint anybody by saying that. And exactly. So, so talk to me about volleyball. Um, tell us, what, are, what positions did you play growing up? What positions do you play now? Was it the same all the way through? What do you like? What do you not like? You know. So... Growing up, I was always an uh, attacker. I played like, outside at one point. In high school, I played outside. I played middle when I was younger. I played right side my older years, and even last year in college. And right now, I'm playing middle blocker. It's kind of a weird alternative way to do it, but I'm attacking out the middle and the right side. And so I don't mind hitting off the middle. It's definitely different for me because I haven't done it in a while. I really like hitting off the right side, but it's change role this year, different team. So doing whatever I can to help us win this year. All right. So I got, I got two things I got to ask. So, or one thing I got to address, you said, don't tell nobody, but you do know everybody's going to be listening. Right. So the world knows that you're the best athlete in the family and you didn't hide it. Yeah. And then the second is your sister mad because you just basically have told us that you can play any and every sport and be good at it. And you said she's not athletic at all. Does she hold any grudges? She shouldn't. I mean, I've seen her try to kick a soccer ball before. <laughs> I hear you. Not at least. Who, who uh, does math better? Oh, not me. That's the worst subject by far. She's got me in math for sure. Da- Daniel's got intel everywhere. He must have pulled up that you struggled in math and he hit that spot just so he could give her sister some time. <laughs> All right. So where did you attend high school at? So I went to South Grand Prairie High School. It's in Grand Prairie, Texas. And is that a big school or a small school? Uh, big school. So in Texas, like, schools are classified. Like, 6A would be the biggest school in the state. 5A, 4A, et cetera. And so my school is 6A school. I think I graduated with almost 1,000 kids. So wow, really big school, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we didn't have that many. Not even, You know, I thought we were a big school. But, you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas. With that, I mean – are the sports really as big as they say they are in Texas? Is it next I mean, level? They really are. I One like example that comes to mind when I think of like how big sports are in Texas, when state championships happen, like and they, they play state championships at the Cowboy Stadium, and the whole stadium is filled like for one high school football game. And it's, it's crazy how many people are there to watch a high school football game. Same with basketball. So many people there to watch. It's wild. Well, I would say, you know, that's impressive that y'all play in Cowboy Stadium, but me, Daniel, and Randy, we graduated in the Memphis Pyramid that is now a Bass Pro Shop. So when you can top that, 
talk to me. <laughs> That's, that, that was the worst thing ever. We, we, we graduated like the coolest place ever, and now it's the, the world's largest Bass Pro Shop, and we don't even know what to say anymore. That's um, hilarious. But uh, so we know that you talked about it. You did track and volleyball. Let's start with the track side of things. Tell us about track in high school. So I was really good at track, like not to my home horn or anything. It's like telling you guys the truth. Like I was taught in the country growing up. I had ran track my whole life. Like I've won national championships, been on relay teams that have won second, second, third, fourth, whatever. But um, ultimately, like when I got to high school and I was playing both track and volleyball, I, I just realized like it's a lot more fun to play volleyball than it is to run track for me. Like, it's a lot more fun to go to practice and want to get better than it is to go track practice and run around and be tired all day. <laughs> so that's why I ended up playing volleyball. But track, I was really good. My best event was probably the 400-meter dash. Yeah, I think I saw you might have uh, won some titles in that. Is that, is that the case? That is true. I was really good. And then, What's your, what's your fastest time? Fastest time when I was in ninth grade, 55 seconds. Dang. I can drive yeah. it that fast. <laughs> so, you know, Daniel mentioned club ball earlier, and, you know, my daughter being a soccer player, club's more of a bigger deal than high school. I'm, I know that it's probably that way in volleyball. In track, did you run it just in school, or did you do it out of school as well? I did it out of school as well. So, it's like you can run AAU, which, like, they have AAU for every sport, or USA. So, like, nationals were in two different places every year, and, you know, just that kind of thing. So, I ran track nationals in New Orleans at one point, Virginia, Houston. So things all over the place. Man, it sounds like you really got to, I mean, you're talking about going to some great places and getting the shot. Yeah. I love that. All right. I mean, so, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I said I've been a lot of places thanks to sports. So that's one thing I'm thankful for about it. And you're, you're not even done yet. You're scratching the surface. So, all right. So let's get into volleyball. Let's tell us about how volleyball went in high school. My high school team, we weren't very good. I'd say, like, for the most part, in terms of volleyball, club ball is a lot more competitive than high school ball. And that's not the case for, like, a lot of sports, but for volleyball, for sure. So I played high school ball, like, August through November, and then the rest of the year was pretty much club. My high school team, we won, we won our district uh, three out of my four years. We never really went too much further past that. My club team, my 18th year, we took second in nationals. My 17th year, we took third. And years before that, I mean, we weren't as good as we were those last two years, but we were pretty good. Yeah, the uh, the club thing has came up a lot, and I've tried to explain that. I told you my daughter plays, and there are a lot of parents that I try to have conversations with who prioritize being at their high school games over their club games. And it's we tell them, you know, I understand, you know, especially because – the high school is kind of like a more of a social scene, right? You want to be with your team and your friends and everything, but club ball is where you're going to make it. You're going to have more competitive, you know, games and, and learn more. The coaches know more. And so it's one of those often debates because soccer is just like you described it with volleyball. It's the same thing. High, the high school is nowhere near what the club level is. Um, so, you know, we've talked about your athletic accomplishments, but, you know, look, looking you up, I've seen you had some academic accomplishments. I see – principals list and everything else tell me about academics in high school so in high school I was 
pretty smart. I, my parents have always been pretty strict about like my grades and my academics. So that's something I'm thankful for now being in college. But my freshman year, I was one of the principals of board, awards in high school. And I think we were at an award ceremony and one of the teachers tapped me, my, me on the shoulder and was like, hey, like come sit towards the front. And they just like put this award on me. I had no idea I was gonna get it. So that was pretty cool. I was in um, National Honor Society when I was in high school. And I was also an AP scholar. So that was pretty cool. I'm glad that I had that like academic foundation coming into college now because it's so much different. So I got a question for you that I actually didn't have planned, but you know, you talk about all these different things you've done and, and how proud you are. What's, what was a greater accomplishment? Uh, accomplishing that uh, academically or what you've done athletically? Ooh, <laughs> I, I think academics can take you so far. Like I'm not going to be an athlete forever, but academics will take you so far in life. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I like it. I like it. And, you know, Daniel over there, he's a, he's a principal. So he's all about them academics. So, right. Wow. All right. Scholar athletes are athletes after academics, bro. Yeah. All right. So we know, we know you're at Kentucky, but what were the other big schools that you were considering that were pursuing you? So the last few schools that I visited that I was really considering, um, I visited Auburn and their program's like on the rise right now, but their campus is beautiful. Like I had never seen a campus like I did at Auburn. It was unreal. Um, I also went to Texas A&M, um, Arkansas, TCU, and Purdue for university. So those were my few final schools. You didn't. You, I don't even know if LSU's any good at volleyball. But you didn't look at LSU. What's up? LSU didn't look at me. LSU. LSU's very good though. They're very good. Oh, I'm gonna write them a letter tomorrow. Yeah, you messed <laughs> up. No, he's not. Look at all. You should. You should hate LSU wall. now. <laughs> all right. Well, in my last question, I let I let Randy uh, take over, and I would just simply, what made you choose Kentucky over those other schools? So one thing for me when I visit every school is I wanted to make sure, oh, for last school, I, I was really into Louisville too, University of Louisville, so right down the street. But one street, um, one thing that I wanted to make sure that I did when I came to every school was watch a practice because obviously, like, I want to make sure I like the campus and everything, but, like, I'm so competitive. I want to make sure, like, this is the level of play I want to play at. And when I came to Kentucky and I watched practice, I knew, like, this is where I want to be. I mean, everyone's screaming, everyone's talking, like, competitive volleyball it's high level and I said like this is where I want to play at and then among like among that just amazing people in the campus like throughout the head coach associate assistant like all the way down to the trainer director of ops like the people are so great people you want to be around all the time and I'm around them all the time so it's nice well I didn't have that Ajani I didn't get recruited for anything academically or athletically so I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that Okay. So you, you went, you, that's why you pick Kentucky and are, you know, obviously you're glad you did, but let's talk about from the recruiting trip to the first day on campus, walk us through that first day. Oh God, it's like so surreal because like you see on like TV and movies, like first day on campus, it's like, you don't know anybody, you don't know anything. So it's kind of like, welcome to the real world. Like you're walking yourself to class. Like you have to know which building you're going to, you have to be practice at this time. So it's just really like, a quick adjustment because it's like happening so fast and it, you adjust pretty quickly, but still it's just, you have to grow up so quickly. 
No, absolutely. So you talked about you hit on that first practice and, and or what that practice meant to you when you watched it. So your first practice in there as a member of the team, take us through that. <laughs> so nervous. Well, I feel like as a freshman, you come in, you feel like you have to prove yourself to people. And I was so nervous. I getting yelled at, well, not yelled at, but like held accountable to my teammates. Like, Hey, you have to talk, you have to do this at this play, you have to do this and learning so many things, so many things being thrown at you. It was a lot. So last year, one of our seniors was a graduate transfer. She transferred from Duke. And so that was her first practice in our program too. And after the first practice, we're in the locker room and we're like, oh my God, like that was like the hardest practice we've ever been a part of. Like that was terrible. And the rest of the team walks in and they're like, guys, like that was such an easy practice. Like I can't believe practice is that easy. And we're like, that was an easy practice. Wow. So I think that's the one thing I think of when I think of the first practice, it was like a shock for sure. Well, that's good. That's how, that's how winning starts, right? Practice yeah, is hard. Sure. Games are easy. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, taking the games, talk us through who was your first official game and talk us through the nerves on that one. Oh, God. Our first official game would have been Cal Poly. And that was um, like the first game, you know, putting the jersey on for the first time. You're starting your career. We won that game. And like you don't really know like – people's reactions like what's coach gonna say in the locker room like we won but did we play well and it was kind of it was just cool to play my first collegiate game so that was fun I don't really remember too much about it though weird you don't remember like you didn't make no plays (sighs) I mean I remember every time I make a play I'm just saying (laughs) maybe mine don't happen as often that's why I remember it yeah that's probably it (laughs) (laughs) he's got a he's got a list of three (laughs) yeah and they're all like before the age of 10 but don't don't worry about that (laughs) <laughs> Randy, we'll probably Google a stat line after this, and she'll probably have been player of the game. No, no, no. I, I, I looked it up. She wasn't. Don't worry. But, um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, your freshman year, you talk about all these expectations and just the accountability and the everything. So, looks like you guys made the Elite Eight your freshman year. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm having a hard time. Look, you're like, I mean, look, we're looking for championship or bust here. Sweet 16. Okay, well, talk I us through. Like, when you, was the level of play, how much did it go up from regular season to that tournament? What was that atmosphere like? Oh, it was crazy. Well, so the SEC, we have, like, a few, like, really good volleyball teams, like three or four teams in the top 25 right now. Beyond that, the level of play kind of drops off a little bit. So it's nice to get to play, like, teams from the Big Ten or the Pac-12 where those, like, volleyball powerhouses are and so when we got to the round of 32 we played University of Michigan and they're not at the like very top of the Big Ten but they're still a really good ball program so that was fun to play them at home that was our final home match and I say on average you probably get 3,000 fans so it's pretty packed and it's so fun to play and then we went down to Waco uh, University of Baylor and we played University of Washington and we lost, we ended up losing that game, but it's crazy how much the level of play goes up because, I mean, scouting reports are so different. Like, the tr- trip is different. Training so much different when we get to tournament time because, you know, it's win or go home. And so that was really cool to be a part of for the first time. Yeah, so now you're in your sophomore year. I'm reading a lot of people talking about how you've taken a leadership role and you touched on it, how you had to move into a position that you weren't as familiar with. But now look at you, 8-0 reigning defensive player of the week is what I'm seeing. Are you playing the best volleyball that you have personally played in your life? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I like, I am playing the best I've ever played. Thanks to like, obviously so many people, my teammates, my coaches, but I'm jumping higher than I've ever jumped. I feel lighter. I feel my body feels fresh. Like usually we're four months into a season right now and you know, our body's kind of breaking down, but I feel really good. Um, I feel very sharp, like mentally, physically. So I think I'm definitely playing the best volleyball I've ever played. You know, we put you on the spot where you're the best athlete in the family, but I'm going to go a little team thing now. Is Kentucky the best team in the country? Oh, absolutely. I There's no doubt in my mind we are the best team in the country. We, we have three returning All-Americans. <clears throat> we have the number one recruiting class in the country right now. Our depth is crazy. The skill level on our team is crazy. Look at our practices. We're playing six on six. The competition level is so high. I don't think there's any team in the country right now that has that. And I think we're definitely number one in the country for sure. So let me let me take you back. This wasn't on my list of questions, but you said that when you went in as a recruit and you saw the practices and everybody was talking and you saw that accountability is what you wanted to be a part of, is the intensity even more now that you're there because you're a part of that? Are you – I guess people aren't. Are they recruiting in person? Are they making in-person visits or is everything Zoom now? <laughs> a lot of things are Zoom right now. So the volleyball NCAA – sorry – there's a dead period recruiting right now. So we haven't had anyone visit or anything like that. But last year when we had people visiting, I think I think the level is still pretty high, and I hope that people will be a part of that because it's do, really cool. Do you turn it up when you know there's recruits there? Oh, absolutely. Everyone's yeah. on their A game when recruits are here. So switch gears just a little bit. We talked about academics in high school, and you talked about how those is really last long in life. So – I want to ask you a couple of questions about college life. For one, are you excelling academically? And the second part is, is it in person or online? So I, I'd say I'm excelling academically. Um, it's definitely tough. You know, people will say, like, high school is very different from college. And it is. There's, like, the expectation is so much higher. There's so much more work to do. There's studying time has to go up. And I think I'm doing a good job. It took a second to adjust when we first got here, get here because, you know, High school is so much different, like I said, but I think I'm doing pretty well. And right now I am all online. All of my classes are virtual and they will remain that way for the spring as well. There's some people that have in-person classes, but all of mine for my major online. So I'm throwing another curveball. I got a question. Was it or is it a culture shock going from Grand Prairie, Texas to Lexington, Kentucky? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it is. Um, in terms of size, like, Grand Prairie, it's like I said, right in Dallas. So, so many more people. There's highways everywhere. Like, you have to drive 10 miles to get to a highway here. I mean, Lexington's a cool city, but it's definitely way different than home. Yeah, so I've, I've been to both. I travel uh, a good bit for my job. And that's one thing. When, when I saw you were coming on, I was like, I have to ask that because that is – those couldn't be different. I mean, it is night and day. So, so very different. So, last question, and I'm going to turn you over to DB. When Kentucky wins the national title, are you going to come back on and give us the update? Oh, absolutely. I'll come back on. I'll have the trophy, too. I, that's going to happen for sure. So, I will be on here when that happens. Hopefully soon. Hopefully. Hey, I is there, like, a cup on it that you can drink out of? <laughs> no. It's not the Stanley Cup, man. No, there's hey, no cup on it. No, let me tell you a story real quick. This has no, – no, no. Let me tell you something. I was down in Austin, Texas for F1 because this is how everything's crazy in Texas. These dudes took a boot off of their foot, poured beer in it, and drank it. So, 
Hey, people are different in Texas. I don't know how they yeah. do it. Austin is weird. I, I was born in Austin, Texas, but that's a weird city. There's some weird things happening. And in everywhere in the airport, it says that. Keep Austin weird. So yeah, I had to ask the question. <laughs> that's a thing. Man, that's, that's crazy. Um, so before we let you get off, off of here, we want to play a little game and let people see the, the lighter version of you. You down to play a little game with us? Oh, absolutely. All right, it's called This or That. It's very, very simple. I give you two options, and all you have to do is choose one option or the other. The only two rules is you can't say neither and you can't say both. Okay. Pretty simple, right? Yeah, got it. All right, so you, you talked about being a leader. Are you a, would you rather be a vocal leader or would you rather be silent and lead by example? Vocal leader. Now, are you a vocal leader? I try to be. I'll ask, I, it, I'll ask it again. Are you a vocal leader? Yes. Okay, okay. She was pretty loud when I saw her on TV the one day at Buffalo Wild Wings. So. <laughs> hey, I think, I think volleyball, I, I've seen enough volleyball to know that the communication aspect of volleyball like requires there to be loud and very vocal on the court yeah um so are you a would you rather read books or watch movies oh watch movies for sure what's your favorite movie and we will judge you yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why i just hesitated to say it my favorite movie i don't know if this is like my favorite or one that i can just watch all the time but i love pitch perfect <laughs> No judgment here, actually. I don't hate it. I don't hate okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. She just okay. became not my terrible. wife. She just became my wife's best friend. They can have a whole conversation. <laughs> it's a great movie. So is are you a a TV show like a Netflix series person, or you rather watch movies? Oh, TV series for sure. All right. So what are you watching right now? I just started today. A designated Survivor on netflix it is so i love good. it it is so good i've watched oh. like the whole first season today nice nice all right who is most hated florida or tennessee yeah volleyball team we're gonna say florida we do not like florida as a state and as a university i'd probably say it's tennessee <laughs> i like your first answer <laughs> The the one the one that everyone on this show can agree with is Florida. The yeah, one that I, I, I there's not a wrong answer in my opinion, but uh Tennessee Tennessee is Randy's team and he 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 might he might be a little upset. I wasn't gonna bring it up after seeing what they just did to the Vols. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> All is forgiven. You keep doing you. They, they look, that whole athletic department is a mess right now. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Well, after what else you did to her, I hope I hope she dusts them off, too. <laughs> She's going to own everybody before the end of the year. Watch. <laughs> so, would you, would you rather text someone or call them? Oh. I'd rather text someone, but I am probably the worst texter on this planet. I'm so bad about not texting people back, not responding. It's, but I'd much rather text than call. Are you a voice texter? Oh no. There's, there's someone on this show that is a, 
habitual Wait, voice. I can texture. guess who it is. I can guess it is Jim. Hey, hundred percent, Jim. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and it shows too when you start trying to read some messages, and then he sends clarifying messages to. He'll but I can do get a, you three paragraphs in five seconds. He'll do a voice text, and it'll be grammatically wrong, and then he'll voice text his his corrections to those mistakes, and those will be wrong, and then he'll just text it out regular. That's hilarious. <laughs> so he 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 calls it saving time, but it's it's really it's real time. time at the end. Yeah, and it frustrates me because I just want to read it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right, so would you rather, in order to win a match, let's say it's a big match. It could be, you know, a big SEC, you know, conference game. It could be a SEC championship game. It could be even a national championship game. Um, But would you rather get a kill to win the game or would you rather jump up and block somebody to win a game? I'd rather block somebody. There is nothing better than someone trying to kill the ball on you and you shut it down. Defense the player of the week you're talking to, DB. <laughs> is, that, is that Tony Allen? Does she give a, do First you give team. Them the, do you give them the Matumbo wave and tell oh, them? Oh yeah, my you gotta ass? give them the finger. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. What is trash talking? What does trash talking look like in volleyball? Trash talking, sometimes you give like a stare down after a block or a kill, or it's like kind of like a screaming, like not screaming at a person, but like screaming to the room, let them know what's up, you know? Do, do you guys do like little chants, like when you score certain points a certain way, do you do like a, a little get together and do like a little chant? We have a dance move for every teammate. So like if Allie Stumler gets a kill, like her dance move is like this kind of shimmy. Or if Madison really like dumps the ball, or it's like, uh, like a, we just have different things for everyone. So that's what oh, we well. Do. Hold up, hold up. What's yours? Get so it. I told you guys my nickname is Z for the team. So when I score, they make a Z with the arm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. that. <laughs> nice. Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Do I have to stay there? No, you just you just go in there, just check it out. But you can only pick one. Oh, I want to go to the future then. All right, I should have rephrased that. Uh, if you go back in the past, you're changing something. If you're going to the future, you're looking for you're looking to see where you're headed. Mm. I know. I just changed the game on you right there. That's the case that I'm going to the past. And if I'm going to the past, I'm going to pay attention more in math class for sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess you're feeling bad about that math, man. I'm, yeah, I, 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 am. I am sorry. <laughs> so if, if you were going to go out on a date, would you rather the person DM you or ask you in person? Ask me in person. It's just a little bit more like old school classic. All right, if you had to choose one, would you rather have bad breath or bad hair? If, like, today, like right now. Right now, you had to choose one for the rest of your life. Bad breath or bad hair? 
Well, I'm going to go with bad breath right now because if I'm wearing a mask outside, not too many people are going to smell in bad breath. So. Okay. So you're going with bad, bad breath? Are you yeah. sure? Oh. No, I'm switching my answer. Bad hair. Don't let him talk you into that. You, you, you had the right answer first. I was, I was yeah, just the mask and everything. It made perfect sense. So, the next question, and this is a big question that we ask every guest this question, and it lets us know who you are. Um, would you rather have friends, or would you rather have money? And I'm prefacing this. I like you, Azani. I'm telling you, if you answer this wrong. I'm going to go ahead and tell you her I'm, answer because she hesitated for a good I'm telling. I'm <laughs> telling your sister. I'm telling your sister. Oh, my answer is definitely friends. Oh, it wasn't. Uh -oh. It was money. She hesitated too long. No, no. My answer is friends. Randy, go ahead and tell her. Let me tell you something. You can, you can buy new friends. You don't even need these friends. I mean, you know, you can get money, money. You know what? I'm going to tell you what happens when you're a big time. And you know this. You're a big time recruit. You know, so all of a sudden you got like new friends just based off status. You get new friends based off money. So when you get your degree and you're doing whatever you're doing, you're going to be successful, whatever you do, you're going to have all type of new friends. You old friend, you be like, Psh, forget <laughs> Grand Prairie, Texas friends. I need some new friends. <laughs> noted, noted. Got it. All right. This is the last question. You might not have a sister after she listens to this episode. <laughs> and this this question this question might might do her in right here too. All right, if you were just going out, have you seen The Walking Dead? I have not. All right, so premise is you're trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. So if you're surviving a zombie apocalypse, who are you taking with you? Your brother or your sister? Hey, I know what the answer should be. You said she's not athletic. You better take her. You ain't got to be the fastest. You got to be, you can't you be gotta the You got to outrun slowest. her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think you must I'm have something personal against you because I saw the question list before this episode and that was not on it. Yeah, it wasn't. I did add that. They can't know everything now. I gotta, I gotta put some on the spot. I think I'm gonna take my sister, not because she's oh, yeah. Chinese, <laughs> but because she's also pretty smart. So we can probably figure out something together. Not that the brother isn't smart, but you so know. now you've alienated your brother and your sister. Okay. I'm just dropping. Check, 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 check. <laughs> oh God. All right. You're off the hot seat, but before we let you go, is there anything that you want to plug, promote, put over, anything, you know, some Not people have done, you know, humanitarian stuff that they feel, you know, passionate about. Some just talk about the season and some will plug their social media handles wherever they can find you and follow you. Oh yeah. Follow me. My handle is at a Johnny Teeler for Instagram and Twitter. Um, and the only thing I have to say is I hope you guys are going to follow Kentucky Volleyball along the spring. So we have a really good team. Like I said, I think we're the best in the country and it's going to be fun to watch. So just tune in when that time comes. From what I saw, Texas has something to say about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I have a lot of friends on the Texas Volleyball team and they're going to hear about it. 
Yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing is she's from Texas, and those are the top two teams, and that might be the showdown in the end. I I hope it is. We're going to let them know about it. I better see some Z dancing. <laughs> you will. I know that's right. All right. Well, we're going to let you run. Um, you know, we hope that we definitely – actually, you've already said it. It's basically – set in stone that when you guys win the national championship you're coming back to tell us all about it um but we're gonna take a break we're gonna plug the sponsors pay some bills when we come back we got randy gonna tell us how to get rich we got jim gonna blow the whistle on his rants against refs this week i'm gonna give my that's what's up award and we're gonna do some headlines Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. Leading off tonight, we got some NBA action. We had the NBA draft. Jim, I'm going to start with you. Give me your initial reactions. Tell me your winners and losers from the draft. I mean, at the top, it's chalk, right? It was everybody. We thought, you know, there was a question of how the top three might shake out. Um, they went. I thought what was cool was we had a lot of discussion about Patrick Williams, and you know he was a guy who was projected between eight and twelve, and he went at number four. But the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I know Randy's going to touch a little bit deeper on it, but the three guys from the city of Memphis all going to teams that are contenders, and I think that's cool. Obviously, you know, you when you think the number two pick, you don't think contender, but we know what the Warriors can be. And then with Hampton and Precious. So, uh, man, hey, sometimes it's less money, but going to a good team, it's not a bad shape. Randy, who were you, what were your reactions and your winners and losers? Um, you know, to, to touch on what Jim said, the, you know, Wiseman going to the Warriors obviously is a great situation for him, even with Clay going down. Uh, hate to see that. Such a good dude, such a good player. I still think the Warriors are going to be tough to contend with. And I don't think that there was a better fit for any player going to a team like there was Precious going to the Heat. Uh, you know, they talk about the physical conditioning that Pat Riley has, and I think that's going to be a great situation for Precious. I know that he was disappointed that he dropped so low, but then to go to the Heat just had to be a dream uh, come true for him. And to highlight one Memphis Grizzly, when Mr. Desmond Bain, they had him on an interview on, and when he was hurt, was heard that he was going to go to the Grizzlies uh, via trade, his reaction, he said, man, that's awesome. Like, he was genuinely happy. And you just don't see that a lot from a small market team. But he really seems like he's going to fit the culture here. So, shout out to the Grizzlies. A lot of people thought nothing's going to happen. Uh, but Zach Kleiman and the front office, since they've been in, they have done nothing but make solid moves. They're not exactly the flashiest, except for Ja, obviously. But uh, I think they were solid on draft night. So, looking at free agency, Jim – you know, any it's it's been kind of crazy, but you know, give me a couple that you you're you're happy about, and give me some that you're scratching your head about. Well, I've never seen so many players move, and I'm gonna go ahead and just say what I'm not happy about, and it's got to be the Lakers, right? They just came off a title, and you're gonna get Dennis Schroeder and Harrell, right? Like Montrezl Harrell's that's that's not even fair. That that's just downright kind of pisses me off. Um, you know. Big news today, um, if the Rockets do, in fact, keep Russ and James, they do got Boogie Cousins and they do got Wood that came from Detroit. So that's worth noting. And uh, I will note Drew Holiday to the Bucks. That 
I mean, that's under the radar. You know, Randy talks about it all the time. Holiday does not get the respect he deserves, and that could be huge for them. Randy, what about you? Any reactions to free agency moves? Shout out to Boogie Cousins getting signed today by the Houston Rockets. I don't know what's going to become of the Rockets, and I know that Boogie has um, had a place in history that hasn't always been favorable, but I'm rooting for the guy. Jim touched on it as well. The rich get richer, uh, the Lakers. And shout out to Mark Gasol signing. Looks, of course, like he may be able to capitalize, get another ring with the Lakers. Uh, you know, you got to figure what they lost. I mean, really, they lost Howard McGee and Danny Green and replaced those, you know, with Schroeder, uh, Wesley Matthews, and Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell. They, they also got Matthews turned, also? Yep, they got wow. Matthews as well. Plus, they turned Danny Green. He was making a pretty chunk of a salary. They changed that into Contavious Caldwell-Pope, which is a much younger, much better player. Um, I, I mean, you know, that to me, the offseason – and I'm going to tell you something that a lot, not a lot of people are talking about, and they should be. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, getting CP3 – they didn't have a great draft night. I was, I'll be the first to say that. But getting CP3, seeing what he just did uh, for the Thunder to put him alongside – Devin Booker, and also today signing Jay, Jay Crowder. I think that's a huge lift, and it's going to give Devin Booker that accountability that I think he's been lacking. So, shout out to the Suns for making moves. And while you're – you know, Phoenix made me think about it. Somebody I forgot, Kelly Oubre going to the Warriors is a nice – Oh, that's absolutely. And another thing, shout out to former Wichita State guard Fred Van Vliet uh, signing a long-term deal with the Raptors. It's very much deserved. He signs the largest deal for an undrafted player ever. Uh, it was four years, $85 million. So, shout out to him for his performance equaling his pay. Daniel, do you happen to know who signed the two biggest contracts during free agency? Um, Miss Knight. Uh -huh. Shout Side out, Miss Knight. No, I gave you three players that should be your favorite, and it was two of them. That'd be Mr. De'Aaron Fox, and that'd be Jason Tatum. Got paid one hundred sixty-three million for for uh, Fox and one hundred and ninety-five for Tatum. Well, what I what I can say is I can't speak on that, but what I can speak on is the Raptors are coming to Tampa Bay. What do y'all think about that? Gonna... Like y'all need anything else? Golly. I mean, it's 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 a test to see, you know, what the fan base for NBA is going to be like down here. Um, well, I think they it's beat a, out the city of Nashville for it, too. So, I think maybe we got a new rivalry there. Ooh, yeah, let's do that. Take them down. Where's the location, though, Daniel? Because, like, you talk about nobody goes to the Rays because of where they're located. Where they're going to be playing basketball, is it a good location? Yeah, downtown, right in the – it's in the city of Tampa. The Rays actually play in St. Petersburg, which is about a 35-minute drive um, outside of the city of Tampa. So I'm not hearing those excuses. The, the Raptors are playing in the same building that the Lightning play in. Ah, very nice. A winner's building. That's right, baby. Um, so, Jim, before we move on, Westbrook, what's, what's, where are we at with him? Honestly, you know, 
I don't think anybody's going to take him unless it's one of the teams that I don't want. Somebody like a New York or Orlando. Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. New York or Orlando just because they want to fill the seats. Nobody wants that contract. And I think with the moves that Houston made today, I think Randy – I bet if I ask Randy this question, if you have a healthy Cousins, tell me that Westbrook and Cousins don't complement each other. Yeah, I think they do. The only thing I would worry about then is personalities. I, I think that you're right on a basketball court. Ability, yes. Does a new coach make things even more difficult? Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's not like Westbrook's the easiest guy to to plan for and strategize with. He's very athletic, and he can do some things, but he's not a great shooter. He's got to get better at that, but – as a brand new coach, if that's your marquee name, like, how do you not lean on him? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can, you can lean on him, but let's call it what it is. The shooting, it is what it is. It's not going to get better. Yeah, and that, and that's the problem. And that's what they keep talking about. You know, there's so many people who like you know, they act like Westbrook just fell off. And when you listen to people who know what they're talking about. He hadn't fell off. He just can't shoot. And that's, and that's all it's came to. And Randy has, you know, elaborated on that for years now. Um, that, that's what's missing from his game. And, unfortunately, in today's game, you've got to be able to shoot. One more, right, quick, one more quick note before I want to talk about what the puzzling move. We started this podcast based around the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan and the last dance. And as great as he was, and he is the greatest of all time, is there a – more confusing owner or person running a franchise than Michael Jordan. I mean, given all that money to Gordon Hayward after letting Kimba walk it makes no sense to me. And it just seems like they just collect players with no real plan. Which is a shame, too, because you would think if anybody is big on, on ownership and having a plan and building a solid foundation and stable of guys, you would think Jordan, because he – lived it would be an advocate of that but you're right I don't see any stability or any plan for them they're paying one guy a shit ton of money and who else is there I mean they just drafted you know a a rookie who it could be boom or bust for him and even if it's not bust I mean he's still going to have a learning curve of playing overseas to now playing here and then on top of just being a young cat against a bunch of really really good basketball players i mean think about their their back-to-back off seasons they had a sign and trade kimba walker for terry rogier and then you follow that up with signing gordon hayward to like this stupid amount 120 million dollars and michael jordan knows way more about basketball than i ever will but i don't see them being a contender anytime soon no and um, with that, I, I just, I don't know. Gordon Hayward cannot be happy. Like, I guess he's putting on a good front, like, Hey, thanks guys. I'm glad to get paid. But is, you think he's deep down happy about having to go there to play? Well, everything that I read leading up to that was that he wanted to go back to Indiana and sign there. So when I saw it had to just be highest bidder gets him because he's trying to cash out after his injury. And let's be honest, it could have just been the system, but we have not seen the same Gordon Hayward since that injury in like his first game six minutes into his Celtics career. Basically, we hadn't seen him since when he was in Utah doing work. 
Exactly. And, you know, it, I don't know, man. I just I, – I, I would have never, as a front office, I don't think I could have given that money to him. Yeah. You know, it's there's a, there's a lot to be seen and proven on his end. And, you know, as we transition into, you know, NCAA basketball, there's there's a lot that has to be proven there because there's a lot of games as I look through the schedule that are being canceled and postponed. And, and there's a lot of these – opening tournaments this week starting as, as early as Wednesday that you know there's cases on the rise Randy I'll start with you man like what what is this season going to look like man I'm worried about college basketball in a way that I really wasn't worried about college football for this reason if in college football you have 85 players you know we saw last weekend that Mississippi State only had 49 scholarship players but that's enough to field a team, right? You only have to have 22 on the field. And I know it's running lean, but in basketball, you got 15 guys, and you and I, we know that only really seven or eight of them play, maybe 10 at the most, but they're together all the time on the same bus, in the same proximity, practicing, close. I mean, there's just no way to do it. So if one or two of these guys test positive for COVID, the whole team's got to shut down. We're already seeing it with Ole Miss. They're off until December the 7th. I saw today uh, a report, I haven't verified it, that Rick Barnes tested positive. So Tennessee's probably going to shut it down. And it's only going to take a couple of those. And I honestly, I'm just going to call it like I see it, I don't see college basketball lasting until January. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Um, you know, I don't know what the expectation is. And, and what's crazy is that football is is – it's working, I guess. There are cases and they're managing it and there are canceled games, but it's still like pushing forward. Um, with the way these guys travel in basketball and with the way that they play games, like I, if someone tests positive, you're right. Like it's going to be the whole team because they're all together and six guys on a basketball team not playing you just can't play with what's left. So Jim, I'll, I'll ask you, man, is, is there any games that you're looking forward to of the teams that are actually playing or is it still so early and everything is still unstable to the point where you don't want to get your hopes up on anything when it comes to college basketball? Yeah, I believe it's too early. What's interesting. And they talked about it today on local radio that, you know, Memphis, it kind of it kind of reminds me, you know, Scott Frost in Nebraska in football, right? Like, we want to play. Like, they are going to be the last team to bow out, right? Like, they, they are set up to play Wednesday against St. Mary's. Um, they want this. I, I firmly believe that it's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, if it does happen, you know, that's our team. That's who I want to see. We've, we've talked about this, you know, going on a while now and looking forward to seeing these guys on the court and I'm ready for it. And that's, that's the main game. If any game's going to play, that's the one. So you think there's still a chance that they don't play? Yeah. I mean, there, um, the, the question I have, Daniel, is there's not even so many teams have dropped from that. Like, I don't even understand how it works. Like, but the, what do they say? I think there's still eight teams left. So I guess it does work, but I don't know. Logistically, I guess they got people a lot smarter than me figure it all out. But if at the very minimal, to Randy's point, you know, things not lasting, if if I can at least get a game right off the the top on Wednesday against St. Mary's, I'll take it. Randy, I'll ask you for as far as 
Tennessee goes, what's the expectations for them? I know their first game has been uh, postponed or canceled, but, I mean, are they still looking to a big season, or is it just you're going to flip a coin and see what happens from game to game? I think if we are looking through an optimistic lens, a big season, it's, you know, it's – this team feels like they are Elite Eight, Final Four caliber. Uh, Rick Barnes does. I think that um, COVID just changes everything. It, it, it's going to – and not only uh, – you're going to interrupt the flow if the season does go on. If you have to, you know, go out for two weeks, what's that look like? You miss the games. How do you make, how do you make them up? I mean, I just think this is a unprecedented. Obviously, we've never lived something like this. Uh, and back when you had a pandemic like this, you know, they weren't playing college basketball and college sports to the level that they are now. So we are about to embark upon something that's unprecedented. And I hope for the sake of these athletes that we like to highlight on the show that they have an opportunity to play and showcase their ability. And if they don't, that there's still a path to an NBA or overseas or something like that. Yeah, I, I hope you know, for their case, for the players' case, that there's a contingency plan in the event that whatever happens, happens. And I think there needs to be a little bit of protection for the players that are trying to move forward in their career, but also for the for the sport as a business, because there's a lot of money at stake. And this is something that two years in a row, something bad happens and I mean, you could look at some really devastating things that could happen to the sport. So, well, and, and one more thing I want to note on that too is, is if you, I know in the last, we've all talked about getting paid for their likeness, and you know they won that lawsuit, and you talked about it as a business. What are they going to get paid on if there is no college basketball, college football, or where's the NCAA going to come up with this money? You know, they've been making money hand over fist for years and years off their likeness and not paying the athletes anything. But it is a business, and if these athletes don't have that, then what? Is college sports at risk is a question we need to ask ourselves moving forward. Yeah, and that's, that's a question. I, I, that's an answer that I don't have. And right now, it's hard to say yes or no because games are happening, teams are playing. Um, obviously, on the other side of that, teams are not playing. Games are getting canceled. Money is being lost. So – It'll be interesting. I think, you know, we, we as a society and I mean, just people globally are looking forward to the end of what we're going through right now. You know, moving on to NFL, Jim, talk to me week 11 recap. Talk to me about the NFC. Give me the saints. Give me all the happenings. Whew, man, this got hot in here, man. Taysom Hill, 18 of 23 for 233 yards, 10 rushes for 51 yards, two touchdowns. And I tell you what, man, he was throwing some frozen ropes. I mean, he threw one so hard to Michael Thomas's chest that he dropped it because, you know, Drew Brees just don't have that zip. And, man, it was fun to watch. And then watching him take off, oh, man, he could run. And he, and he reminds me of – you know, he's obviously got faster speed, but the way Cam Newton used to be when he just would run people over, and so it's fun. I think the uh, the defense is probably the part that needs to get the shout-out more than Taysom, though. Eight sacks, I mean, they feasted on Matt Ryan. It cost me fantasy football. That was my quarterback, and 
he didn't score nothing because they wouldn't let that man even get a pass off. So uh, the Saints defense for the third game in a row has been on fire. Um, Taysom looked good filling in. Kamara doing Kamara things. And Michael Thomas seems back. Um, NFC uh, Seahawks over the Cardinals, you know, I didn't see enough that tells me that the Seahawks are just glaringly better. They obviously played each other and beat each other once, but the NFC West is going to stay very competitive. Other than that, you know, the other NFC games that, that would want to bring up involve your teams. So I don't want to spoil that. Yeah. The Cowboys win. I'm not going to spoil the Cowboys won and they put up 31 points, which for the longest time, I didn't even know if they could score a touchdown. I thought they forgot how, but apparently they were able to drive down multiple times and score touchdowns. Uh, I will say this. I saw C.D. Lamb catch one of the most ridiculous, you know, between him and Adam Thielen that game, those guys were just putting on a clinic catching the football. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to look too far in the – you know, ahead, but I, I hate to say it, three wins and, like, the future is promising for a playoff berth for them. And you know what's sad is they might win six games, win the division, and host a playoff game. <laughs> they're going right to be hosting your bucks, just so you know. Hey, that's fine. And there will be a winner and there will be a loser. And – and. Uh, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl in a six-win season, can you believe that? What a story that would be, right? Be the next 30 for 30. So, so I was looking at it, Daniel. So, I mean, y'all get to take – I mean, you know, we'll talk about next week some, but, I mean, you get to take care of one of your division opponents in Washington, right? And then I was looking, the Eagles got the Seahawks. So, hey, man, you could pounce on this thing. I'm telling you, this this Thursday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're acting like any win is a gimme for that division. Let, let's not get crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like when you when you are that bad and you're playing each other, it's gonna be like a comedy of errors. Like I just I just feel like Thursday's game against Washington is gonna be who wants to lose it the least, <laughs> and that's who will win. So uh randy talk to me about your colts talk to me about some of those afc matchups for this past week so you know the colts just keep finding ways to win keep finding ways uh philip rivers actually <laughs> he looked good right i mean he made one uh tip ball for an interception aaron Rodgers still scowling and cussing out his receivers uh kind of well deserved a little bit on that but what i do know is that the packers cannot stop the run because the Colts got what they wanted when they wanted it. Uh, defense was a little shaky in the first half, down 14 at the half, came back and won, and the Packers gave the game away at the end with that fumble, uh, which, you know, hey, they, they, don't, they don't ask you how, they just ask you to do it. So the Colts find a way to win, stay on top in first place, which was huge after Tennessee's big win over the Ravens. And uh, don't look now, but the Ravens are sliding. Yeah, and Jim's going to bring this up, I'm sure, but – Wait, Lamar, seven, seven, Lamar oh. Jackson ain't ain't the guy. Oh, that well, wasn't where I was going. I was going with the seven and three Browns. I think Randy knew where I was going. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the Ravens are sliding. Browns are on the uptick. Steelers are still undefeated, and everybody keeps talking today um, about how the Steelers' wins are all against bad teams, and 
and uh, they could go undefeated. But let me tell you something about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got them Indianapolis Colts coming up, son. And let me tell you something. They ain't going to be undefeated. Not against Darius Leonard in that defense. It's not happening. We are not trotting Gilbert out at quarterback out there, boys. Well, I I got to say this. Can I say this on the Browns? Who have they beaten? They beat the Colts. Hold on, we just we just went to the Steelers thing and it said it didn't matter who they had beaten. But now, now with the and so now we're gonna do this to the Browns, are we? Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> Randy, you want to tell them who the Browns have beaten? At least just one team you want to mention well, them? Yeah, he he mentioned it. They, he they beat the Colts. Uh, you know, the Colts also lost to the Jaguars. So let's let's not get too carried away. Hey, look, no, let's. Hey, here's what I wanted to do because I wanted to make sure Randy got to talk about the AFC first. I wasn't going to talk about specifically games. I wanted to talk about two players. Um, rest in peace to Joe Burrow's knee, MCL, ACL, PCL, minimal nine months um, while having a fantastic season. And then to stick with the other big name, you know, Tua playing so poorly that he got pulled so bad. Bad week for those two guys. Totally. By the way, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk about that. The yeah, Dolphins deciding do. to bench Tua is ridiculous when you just benched Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple of weeks ago to say, hey, this is our future. We're, we would, we're willing to sacrifice the wins now to develop the young talent, and then he struggles and you, th- you hook him. That's not how you develop a young guy. So that, that's, a good, that's a good point. But do you think the hook on Tua was because they're in it and they have to win and they know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is sitting over there on the sideline like he can win a game. Why not put him in? But you were only one game out when you decided to make Tua the starter. Nothing's changed. Right. Tua got you to where you are, where you're in kind of a little bit better position. I I, I just think that if you went there and said, hey – Ryan, you've done a great job for us, but we're going to bench you because this is our future. Then he knows that. He's, if, he's expecting to sit look, the rest of the season. He talked about it. Look, Randy, you know that scene at the start of any given Sunday when the quarterback's getting hurt and Willie Beam is sitting over there reading the newspaper? That's what I would have been doing if I was Fitzpatrick. And when they came over there and asked me if I was ready to go in, I would have been like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's so, a consummate professional. He did what he had to do. Yeah. So, Joe Burrow, let's, let's talk about him for a second. Is – is this injury on the coaches, or is this just something that happens, Jim? It, it's it's the offensive line because I've you know watched a lot of Cincinnati games because I'm such a Burrow fan, and you know my wife, who's not a football expert, has watched and said they have done the worst job protecting. You're watching him take hit after hit, run for his life, and it was one of those things that it's not a coach's fault. It's bound to happen when you're on a bad team and you're not protected well. It, it's, it's just unfortunate, but that's what happens when you roll out, um, you know, a rookie on a bad team. I think what this does tell you is during the draft and free agency, whatever, because you know he's got weapons, you do anything and everything to build that offensive line to protect him because obviously he's going to, especially coming back, he'll be fragile. Randy, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like the coach has to be at blame for some of this. If, if you are seeing what we're seeing – you know the offensive line is not that great, and you're consistently running pass play after pass play after pass play. Eventually, the guy's going to get hit, which he did a bunch, and then it's only inevitable that he's going to get crushed. And here we are. 
you know, over halfway through the season and now you're without your guy who, what happens now? Does he even, is he even able to start the season for you when the push should have been, let's take it easy. Let's get him. We know we're going to lose some games. We know we're not going to be in contention. Let's get him under center, get him, you know, feeling comfortable. And then next year, we'll be pulling the trigger after we made some moves and we developed some guys and we got him some, some protectors up front. Randy, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough, but I, I feel like this is on the coach. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bengals were way over-reliant. Burrow was second in the league with 370 pass attempts uh, behind a rickety offensive line. And being a Colts fan, I've seen this movie with Andrew Luck. Uh, unfortunately, the Colts waited – too long to upgrade the offensive line. Now they have one of the best pass protection offensive lines in, in the league and uh, with no Andrew Luck. So, I mean, that's what you're risking. Andrew Luck never suffered, you know, this injury to Burrow, but it beat him up enough where he said, I'm out. And, you know, let's be real. That's happening a lot more these days um, to players. And they decide, I don't, you know, I want to walk when I'm older. So I'm not saying that at all that's what Burrow's thinking. All he's thinking is I got to get back out there and, and earn my money. But if people don't want to take these hits, man, but the intention was never to throw that much. They didn't expect Joe Mixon to be injured all season either, for what it's worth. True, but they that offensive line was it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> so moving to this week's slate of games, we got some some Thanksgiving Day games. You got the the boys at the Washington Football Club. You got the Texans and the Lions, and you got the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, I'm assuming that you guys believe the Steelers and the Ravens will be the best game of that uh, of Thanksgiving Day. No, man, it's the NFC East battle for the top. That's for first place, baby. <laughs> you guys are funny. I'm serious. Funny. I'm gonna be locked in. Hey, if the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose. That's going to be unbelievable to me. And let's see, just for the – well, the Giants are playing the Bengals, so I think the Giants are going to – Hey, I got a hot take for you on Thanksgiving. You ready? You ready for my Thanksgiving hot take? Of the six teams playing, the worst quarterback on any of those teams is Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's a terrible take. <laughs> the best quarterback is going to be Andy Dalton. Facts. No. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Y'all, y'all sleeping on Big Ben. Never heard Big of ben. him. Never heard of him. <laughs> no means old, no. Oh, buckethead Ben. Yeah. Oh, no. Randy, right. this is a family show. You stop it. All right. So then, then on Sunday you got the Chiefs and the Bucks. I think Chiefs and Bucks probably the best game of the weekend. Um, hopefully. You? I mean, I would say this Colts. You better. I would say Colts and Titans, but according to Randy, death, taxes, and Colts beating the Titans. So like, it's you kind of gloss over it because you know what's going to happen. We just saw that movie last week, and we just saw it. But they're both seven and three. So I mean, this is everything. This is for first place. Randy, I'll ask you: Is is playing the Titans? Again, so close to playing them previously, is that in favor of the Colts or is that working against them? It's always in favor of the Colts to play the Titans, always. And I'm telling you, you can go back. Go back and look up the last 
15 years. It's just they have dominated that series. And, uh, you know, we used to see some great battles with Peyton and McNair. And, you know, uh, then you saw, like, Luck and Mariota. I mean, you know, that, that was kind of lopsided. Now you got Rivers and Tannehill. I mean, and what happens is the Titans implode. Derrick Henry ain't winning that game by himself, and the Colts defense is going to make sure of that. So I can't wait for it. I know a lot of Titans fans out there, some of them even listened and made comments to me about the death taxes and Colts over the Titans. But if you don't like it, you better hope your team changes it. I can see it now. Pro- projection screen down, dark room, 1 o'clock Sunday. It's going to be chilly outside but warm on the inside. I'm going to have the yeah. fever. Oh, get it. Get it, get it. Speaking of fever, Saints. Taking on the Broncos, man. How how are you feeling about that game? The Broncos are trash. I'm not even I'm not even worried about that game. Defenses right now they are feasting on great quarterbacks. I cannot wait to see what they do to Drew Locke. Let's go ahead and lock it up for three interceptions. Let's go at least five sacks. Taysom Hill he's going to get that passing touchdown this week and at least another rushing touchdown. Saints win big. Well, I will say this is this is an exciting weekend. We got, you know, a good slate of Thursday uh, games for Thanksgiving, and we got some, some games that are pivotal as far as division, you know, leaders. So looking forward to this week's games. Uh, but moving into the NCAA this week, Jim, my man, any noteworthy games that we that you checked out? Yeah, I was actually disappointed because you have gotten me on the the Liberty uh, bandwagon, man. I wanted to see those dudes continue to win, and uh, I tuned into that towards the end. And uh, unfortunately, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I gave him bad luck, brother, and if that's the case, I apologize. Yeah, it's all you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. <laughs> I will tell you. Well said. What's up? I will tell you this, since, you know, we were talking about Randy saying death taxes and Colts over Titans, I said death taxes and Ohio State covering the spread, and they did not. Indiana made it a game, so I was wrong there, but Ohio State did come out on top. And, um, you know, I'm obviously going to note that LSU beat Arkansas, and the only reason I'm going to note that in general is because – if you would have asked me last – I did tell you all, first of all, that I did predict LSU to lose that game. But I didn't know if LSU was going to win another game this year. So, uh, I'll take a W in any way, shape, or form. We'll get into the ref thing later. So, um, LSU getting a W was fun. Randy, what about you? Any any noteworthy games? Any surprises? Surprises that Jeremy Pruitt continues to trot Jarrett Garantano out there. And I'm not going to bash the young man because he is, uh, by all accounts, he's a great young man. I just think he's doing him a disservice. And, well, there's better options, man, better options. I thought Harrison Bailey played well. We got to – the coaching staff has to quit putting that kid in when they're down double digits. For the first time in Tennessee volunteer football history, they have lost five straight games by double digits. Unacceptable. Uh, for a program that I'm not saying they should be on top. I'm not one of those fans, but they do not. And obviously, they have never lost five straight games by double digits until now. Jamie Pruitt's got a uh, hot seat and a lot of questions to answer. I mean, did Dooley, did he even lose five in a row? 
Not by double digits. You know, Dooley's teams were competitive. I mean, he had LSU beat in Death Valley until they had like 87 people on the field. Um, but, you know, that they weren't a part of the play. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, you know, Dooley's teams were competitive. Lane Kiffin had Alabama beat, if not for Terrence Cody, blocking a kick twice. I mean, it's these even when they're bad, they're competitive. And right now they're not competitive. And that game, there was no reason for them not to even not, – not be competitive with Auburn, beat Auburn. Uh, Jared Garantano were, was looking at Smoke, and what a great name too, Smoke. Man, I, I wish Ooh. I had that name. He looked at him the whole time, and then after the game, Smoke commented. He said that quarterback looks at his receivers the whole way down the field. He read it, took it to the house, 100 yards. Shout out to that young Smoke Monday. Man, that's a that's a hard name. Man, Man I, if I have another kid, Smoke hey, But I will say this, though. I would almost – that game was almost like who really wants to win it because the loser probably gets a new coach. The winner probably keeps their coach. Gus Malzahn, dude, has rabbit's foot because he somehow loses the games and then he wins just enough to keep his job year after year after year. So, shout out for surviving. So, uh, that brings up a good point. And, and the, reason, the reason I say that is you got, you got obviously – Hugh Freeze out there that's saying he's not entertaining, you know, any movement right now. He didn't discredit a power five job, but he did say he wasn't entertaining it right this second. He didn't got, have a burner phone either. No, true that. But you got teams like Coastal Carolina, who's having a great season, BYU. Uh, you got Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. And even like teams like Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy, who like to me, I think it's time for Mike. I think he's he's ran his course there. I think it's time to move on to to some some new uncharted waters. But who is who is the hot pick? Like who if if it's not Pruitt, then who? <laughs> I've given I mean, up who? on this guessing game, but I honestly think All right as a fan, as a as a as a hardcore oh, fan. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. And, you know, who knows? There was a lot of rumors about, you know, Gruden years back, which I always thought were kind of ridiculous. But there's a lot of reports coming out that says that's where Hugh would like to go. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think he would fit well. I don't know that Fulmer would hire him because he's a bit conservative. And it was just 2018 that he had to resign his post at Ole Miss. But results speak for themselves. The guy's been a winner everywhere he's been. Uh, you know, Talk to Alan Irvin, you know, about the, the program. Man, he didn't play for him, but he, you know what I mean? He was around that program, came in right after, won there. Arkansas State, won there. I mean, he won at Briarcrest. He won at Ole Miss. He beat Nick Saban multiple times. That's the guy you got to have at Tennessee because we do not have enough in-state talent. You got to go get it somewhere else or use a system to win. So, Jim, I'll ask you, Cincinnati edges uh, past um, UCF. Does that just show that um, Memphis just had a bad day or is UCF just a better team and we just got lucky? I mean, I, I don't want to say we got lucky. I, I just think Memphis was the better team that day. But I think UCF, with the way they can put up points, even with as good as Cincinnati's defense is, um, they're going to – they can give you a game. And so – I don't, I'm not going to discredit Cincinnati. I'm probably just going to give credit to UCF. Um, and, and they're a good team. They're still a great team, um, just not as great as normal. You know, the team that usually just 
rules the the conference. And the problem is, I hate that Cincinnati didn't beat the brakes off of them. And let me explain why, and you know why. They needed to in order to have any kind of a case to get into that playoff. And I think edging teams out is just going to cement and keep and keep them out of it. I mean, it's – but right right now you're looking at Alabama and Ohio State locked in for sure with Clemson right there, um, Notre Dame right there. Who – I don't see how Cincinnati – Well, let me tell you, there's a slot that's going to open up this week when we get to picking games. Cause I, think, I think I got our one, Daniel. I think it's time for Notre Dame to go down. Well, I can tell you this: if if we would have bet this week, we probably would have took Wisconsin, and they would have blew it like they always do. Um, but move, let's move into next week, man. Last week, our predictions—we all were losers, losers, I say. Jim, you had App State over Coastal, and the, the upset of the year didn't happen. Coastal. It was it was a is a game. I actually watched it. I had on the TV next to LSU. Uh, App State was actually leading through the first three quarters the whole way, and then in the end, you know, the better team won. What can I say? Yeah, and Randy, you, you had Arkansas over LSU, and you know, didn't happen. Got You're hosed. And I I had <laughs> Liberty. I, I had Liberty, the Fighting Falwells, over NC State, and I'm a loser too. So. They finally they, let you down. They did. And, you know, it, Daniel, I know we're talking college football. It was a good, football. Run. It was a good Daniel, run. Daniel, I know we're talking college football, but do you want me to make you feel like a winner? Sure. I always <laughs> like feeling like a winner. Tom Brady just hit Chris Godwin for a touchdown, and you just won in fantasy, my friend. That's what's up right there. Go on, TB. <laughs> do your thing. All right. So this week, Jim. Who you got? Your current record, two and seven. A blister. Okay. This is the, the NFC East, two and seven. One and three with Randy, but that's kind of like debatable in his eyes, which. It, no, it's debatable in our eyes. I, I'm with him, Very actually. debatable. <laughs> All well, right. What, so should look, his, what should, I asked this last week, what should his record be? I know he kicked two right for sure. So the one is where the issue is. You want to be two and three? I'll make you two and three. Two and three is better than one and three in every right, there account. There you go. Two and three. Yeah, aren't you an educator? I am. <laughs> and I, I sit at three and six. So, oh, Jim. It's very similar to the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have the same record after this week. Nope. I will not. I will be moving into first place just like the Cowboys this week. I like it. All right. So, Jim, who you got? Okay, guys, so are we still on this whole we're not going to let me pick a heavy favorite to get me a W thing? Because I just really want to take Bama to smoke Auburn. No, heck no. No. All right, so I figured y'all would say that. So it's down to two games, fellas. And the one I just mentioned a minute ago, number 25, North Carolina, visiting Notre Dame. You know how bad I want Notre Dame to win. You know, I think they'll always get upset. And I want to pick that. And I, and I should pick that. But you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm just going to go ahead and probably take another loss and make my record match the Cowboys. Uh, give me LSU beating A&M. <laughs> wow. 
What a homer. Hey, that, a that's homer. a bold prediction because I said I didn't think they were going to beat Arkansas and they weren't going to win another game. Then they got help this week and won the game that was questionable against Arkansas, and I'm going to pick them. Because, and you know what, Daniel, I really picked that because I just have this gut feeling that you're going to take North Carolina over Notre Dame. Am I possibly right? You're possibly right, yes. So, Randy, who you got? Give me the fighting Franklins of Penn State over the Michigan Wolverines. That's not even bold. Michigan can't beat nobody. Bro, Penn State has no wins. They're 0-5. But who better to play than Michigan who shouldn't have beat Rutgers? You could have, should have, would have, did not. They won the game. You played how do you to go win from the a top, game. How, they talked about that, Randy. Let me – how do you go from a top 10 preseason ranked team to, to winless through four games? That's amazing. If, Penn State, they're not good. If Penn State wins and it's just like a blowout, Harbaugh's got to be gone, right? Oh, man. I, yeah. yeah. You know what I got to be. You know what I Come to about, Tennessee, guys? baby. Let's get it. But you know what I thought about, guys? Would you take him? Hey, oh, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> Daniel, but you know what I just thought about? Going back to my first ref rant, I'm going to go out there and say that Penn State isn't winless. Let's not, let's not forget, okay? They got cheated in the first game. Indiana. Well, it- in the win column, it says zero. I don't care. That ball hit the turf before the pylon. I saw it one million times. So, you know what? They got one win in my book. Guess what? And the Saints, they lost that game too. Oh, <laughs> boy. That's, man, it hurts. DB, what's your pick? Man, you know, I could go Auburn, Alabama. I could go Carolina over Notre Dame. You know, I could go. I could go a number of ways. Wait, Auburn, Auburn over Alabama. You like you're That's actually even a consideration for real. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's not the most outlandish thing. They have found a way to beat Alabama. I, something about it, man. Something about it. Um, actually, I'm gonna take the Buffaloes, Colorado over USC. Mm-hmm. He's been saying USC is gonna trip up. He's calling it right now. How dare you go against our Memphis boy, Clay Helton, like that? Uh, he's not good. <laughs> just not good. Wait, well, what's the line on that game? I'm looking right here on our my FanDuel app. Well, while you're looking and a half. I look forward to being two and eight next week, guys. You know, this is a fun game for me, picking losers. I like it. Thirteen and a half is what I see here. Yep, thirteen and a half. All right, guys, let's jump into it. Last call, Jim. What do you got? What did we miss? All right. So, first of all, I want to do a shout-out. 21st birthday of Austin Bergance. And, guys, there's a reason why on this episode I wanted to shout-out his birthday. I don't know if y'all remember when I texted y'all about it in real time, but I decided to play in a high school three-on-three tournament. And, obviously, I'm not in high school. Like, four years ago. And never in my life – have I ever been crossed over so hard that my legs buckled and I fell to the ground? And it was Austin who did that. And I have basically retired from basketball since. And so shout out to Austin on his 21st birthday and ending my very weak basketball career. So just I had I had to give him that today. The other thing I wanted to bring up was 
you originally announced that Ben Cope was going to be on the episode tonight. He told me to apologize, but he will be joining us. He is on the move. He is being traded. I cannot disclose the information just yet, but he is going to come on. He's still going to have the interview with us, and he's going to tell us what it's like, uh, where he's going and, and with his new team, and hopefully uh, he's going to greener pastures. And then last thing, not sports-related, but uh, Mr. Pat Quinn, co-founder of the ALS uh, ice bucket challenge passed away and I just wanted to point out because I thought that challenge was great that they raised over a hundred and fifteen million dollars doing it so uh, rest in peace sir nice nice Randy what do we miss for the first time in the NFL's storied history an all black officiating crew is officiating the Tampa and uh, Rams game tonight so shout out to the officials. They get a lot of uh, hatred, especially from one of our co-hosts here. Uh, but shout out to those guys. Shout out to the NFL. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't coincidence. It was an on-purpose thing in the age of social justice. It was a move in the right direction. So shout out to those guys. Very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, so for me, last call. And it's, this is kind of a culmination of – a, a long story that we've been telling on the podcast, or at least I have. Alex Smith starts another game and picks up his first win coming back. I, I think it's a fascinating story. Unfortunately, he will pick up another loss this week. So, Alex, <laughs> my man, congratulations on the comeback. Enjoy the win for a few days. I'm sorry that it's a short week for you and you can't enjoy it even longer, but Thursday – you're going down, brother. Hopefully not down, like down, down, like you did last time, but like down as in losing. So, Randy, everybody is 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 raving about this segment. Make us rich, man. I want to highlight a couple of things that I know is near and dear to my heart, I'm sure to you guys too. Ten years ago, had we invested in Target, we'd all be rich. Instead – we were less, we're poor because our wives probably enjoy it a little too much. Target and the, their shares are up 18% in the year of 2020. And over the last five years, their shares have increased 95%. The last 10 years, Target shares have gained 196%. And they have market capitalization of $76 billion, competing obviously against Walmart, who's also up 17%. But this is not about Walmart. This is about Target. So they're actually pushing into the grocery segment, which has helped them uh, grow another 20%. So I want to highlight something real quick. Target has 1,880 stores in the U.S. 75% of the population is within 10 miles of a Target. I know I live within 10 miles, and I'm pretty sure you guys do too. So digital sales have grown 195% this year, and they've gained $5 billion in market share. They have gained 10 million digital customers in 2020. So we talk about a lot of the negative, and we've highlighted some of the positive, like Tesla, Walmart, Target. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to Target, capturing market share, uh, being smart in the environment that we're in. They're moving into delivery as well. So when they're competing against the Amazons and the targets of the world, shout out to Target for making a big run. Go on, Target. Go on with your bad self. 
All right, Jim, blow that whistle. Do I have to? Yeah, you do. And, hey, if you blow it for your team, you're going to have to blow it against your team at some point. So go ahead and hit it with it. All right, well, I'm going to premise this with saying that Randy always says that the refs can't dictate the outcome of a game and that with these bad calls that I'm going to bring up, there were still chances, as he always points out, and there were. I don't like when he says that, and my team's on the opposite end. I think they cost them the game. So I'm biased in that sense. But um, Randy talked me into this earlier. I was not going to use this game. I'm going to be a better man for it, I believe. And so Chase Smith, Josh Tiger, John Dennison, all the guys that hit me up on Saturday and said the LSU did not deserve that victory because the refs sucked. The refs did, in fact, suck. There was a targeting call that was not targeting. There was a fumble that was a clear as day fumble that was clearly recovered by Arkansas. Um, there was a tripping call that was questionable. And the, the interesting thing I'll point out to you, Daniel, and Randy, you may know this already. Daniel, you may know this already. It is the same officiating crew from the Arkansas-Auburn game where they got screwed last time. So, interesting note, um, Arkansas fans want that dude's head on a stick. So, um, but, yeah, they blew three calls. So, I'm going to have to blow the whistle on them. And, uh, but I appreciate it as an LSU fan. Well, it's, it's only fair of you to – go for and against your team so I mean I didn't see the call in real time but I did see it you know a replay and I couldn't agree with you more and um, unfortunately for you this and unfortunately for sports it seems like you can easily find your ref rant and something to blow the whistle on each week so uh, I just pray and hope that it's not against my team uh, anytime soon. So uh, for me, guys, the That's What's Up Award for the week is going to go to Lowe's Home Improvement Store. And you might be scratching your head going, Lowe's? What do I need a drill for? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you about Lowe's. So there was a young man named Jackson Maples. Jackson was a four-year-old who suffers from autism. He's uh, on the spectrum and with any – child that's on the spectrum with autism they have quirks and they have things that can can cause meltdowns quite easily but they also have things that can control the meltdowns um, and what they found out and what Jackson's mother found out is that anytime they were in in Lowe's and he was around the fan section around any kind of appliance or anything that had a whirl or a buzz or any little thing he was fascinated by it and it controlled the meltdowns so Jackson's mom wrote a letter to um, the Springfield, Missouri Lowe's, and she just asked if they could donate a vest. You know, you've seen them, the, the colored vest that the employees wear. She wanted him to feel special and, and, and have a vest. And so what Lowe's did is they put together a care package for Jackson with a fan. They put some signed, you know, autographs from some of his favorite sports teams in there. They gave him a bunch of DIY projects for him to, you know, do that, you know, would, would help with the meltdowns. And not only that, but Lowe's made him an associate, an honorary associate. So anytime he comes in, he gets to be there as if he's a worker there, wear his vest, 
everyone knows his name and they just make that young man feel very special. So Lowe's, you have gained my business throughout the holiday season and, and, and beyond. And that's what's up, my friends. Guys, action-packed night. Action-packed night. I want to thank Johnny Teeler for joining us. I can't wait to have her back because not only was she a great guest, but I, I just have this, this feeling that we're going to see her with the national championship trophy the next time we see her. Um, but if you like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We're going to see everyone next week for episode seven, where we will be discussing the V3 middleweight champ, the Bellator fight game, and current Bellator 253 winner, Jaleel, the realist, Willis. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. Always remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.